0: This is Andrew Wood. It's another week. You're listening to Conversational Life. You're listening live at Joy 620 or you're listening to the podcast at InvestingHope.com, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found, you can find this show. We have a lot to talk about. Some things have happened since uh, since we last spoke in terms of life and abortion, especially when we look at the federal level uh, and what that means. And so... So there's a, there's a lot to think about and and, and think through on this. So Lindsey Graham uh came out just the other day and and said he's going to sponsor a bill with a 15 week ban uh from the federal level. And then uh you know, he's done that pretty much every year for for many many years, but it's been a 20 week ban. And so people are getting bent out of shape about it. Uh but but he's just going by the polls. The polls seem to say that people around the country, the American people uh, agree with a 15 week ban, which was ultimately what the Dobbs case was out of Mississippi that ultimately overturned. Roe, the interesting thing to me, though, is seeing conservatives, Republicans, people that claim to be pro-life saying, now's not the time, Lindsey. Now look, Lindsey's doing this. Lindsey Graham's doing this because it's pandering and it's posturing and, and, um, that's what politicians do. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that his motives are pure by no means. But but here's here's my issue is we won the biggest pro-life victory ever uh, on June 24th, 2022. And and I still feel like there's pro-life politicians that are uh, refusing to to continue to step forward and be bold. And I don't get it. I mean, I get it from a political optics standpoint. But but I don't think it's just political optics. I don't think it's just, hey, you know, this isn't the time to to run this. We got to wait for a better environment in, in terms of political politics. And, and, you know, the Democrats are saying that this row being overturned is going to help them in the midterms. So let's get past the midterms. Look, the Republicans are going to win big in the midterms. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to win a lot of seats in the House. They're going to take the majority of the House in Washington. I still think they'll take... The, the Senate majority, not by a lot, but a little. Uh, and so midterms are going to be big for conservatives. But, but we always seem to be playing defense, and that's the part I don't understand. We see Roe overturned. We see states like Tennessee enact trigger laws. We, we see 26 states in the union that, that restrict abortion. And then we pull up on the reins. I, I here's the thing when, when people say, Hey, now's not the time to pass this bill or to do this. I mean, people said Kansas went, went too far and now's not the time to run uh, a, a life amendment for their state constitution and, and this and that. When is the right time to, to fight for innocent lives? I'm, I'm just curious. When is the right time? I mean, what, what environment do you need that's going to make you comfortable with, with fighting for unborn lives. I'm just waiting. When's the right time? When is the right time to do the right thing? Please, please uh, enlighten me. When, when is the right time to, to do the right thing? I I, I don't, I, that's the part that, that concerns me. Look again, Lindsey Graham, I don't think his motives are pure. He's doing this with, with intent, but but for other politicians to step out and say, hey, now's not the right time for this or that. When is the right time? You know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but Blake Masters running for Senate out of uh, Arizona. Hardcore pro-life in the primary, and then the primary goes away. He wins the primary, and he scrubs language on his website. So, so when is the right time to be all in pro life and when is the right time to be just kind of one foot in, one foot out pro life? I'm just trying to, to get a, an understanding of that. You see, this is why we lose. This is why we don't find a, a lot of success at times because it's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say that I'm all in pro life when it works. And, and before Roe was overturned, I could say all these things. And it didn't really mean anything because I could say I wanted Roe to be overturned. I could say that I wanted lives to be protected in the womb. I could say that that I wanted this or I wanted that, But, but Roe was still the law of the land. And I could keep campaigning on the same thing year after year after year after year. I could raise money on this year after year after year after year. I could send emails. I could advocate. I could do all these things. Because Roe was the law of the land. Well, you take that away, and what we're seeing is a lot of squishiness. Like, well, well, now that Roe is gone, I don't know how far I want to go in this pro-life stance. So the question that I'm going to keep hammering on this show is when is the right time to do the right thing? I, I, I'm just I'm just curious. Because if you're saying the ultimate goal was to get it sent back to the states, you're missing the point. That was the first step. That was the first step that Roe would be overturned and get it back to the states. But but obviously I would I would love to see a a federal law codified that, that protected life. Why wouldn't I? At the very least, a 15-week ban would put us in line with most European nations. So, I mean, I thought we loved European nations. Did we not want to be more like them? But instead, the abortion industry wants to put us in line with North Korea and China when it comes to abortion. And, and so, as we look at the landscape around our country, we, we have to understand that that these are the things that are going to be done and said. And we have to be able to discern when certain folks come out and say, now's not the time. Now's not the time politically to do this. So, again, the question is, when is the right time to do the right thing? Because I just... I thought it was just always the time to do the right thing. That's just what you did. And if people go along with it, with it, so be it. If they don't, so be it because you did the right thing. So if we are, if we are seeking to protect life, we should just do that, right? I mean, that should just be what we do. And if we know abortion takes a life, we know that. And if we know that we want to see Roe overturned because we want to send it back to the state so that then a state like Tennessee can say, we're going to protect the unborn child. Then if I believe that for the state of Tennessee and I believe that we should protect life in the womb, then, then I believe that all the time. Now, again, that doesn't mean the bulk of the populace is going to agree with me. But if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance you're a gospel-believing, Jesus-loving Christian. Does the world agree with you on that? When is the right time to share the gospel? I I, I thought it was just the time to do it. So it's one thing when these things come from secular folks, but when, when I hear Christian politicians Say, well, now is not the time. I, I, Please enlighten me on when is the right time. You see, this is what happens. We 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 backpedal and, and we hesitate and then the culture steps their foot on the gas. And by the time we realize what has happened, it's way too late. And so one of the arguments that you've been hearing of why Roe shouldn't have been overturned is because, well, that was just the law of the land for 50 years. And, and you know, we're just, we just got used to it. What else are we getting used to? I mean, thankfully, the other day they, they pulled a bill that was going to change the definition of marriage when it comes to uh, codification and federal law. They pulled it, but it's coming back. So what else have we gotten used to? Have we gotten used to Boston Children's Hospital talking about double mastectomies for healthy young girls and castration for healthy young boys? Have we gotten used to these things so that we just live in this and, and don't vote, don't don't try to change anything? Well, because now's not the right time. The culture is not ready for it. So at some point, we, we have to say either we believe this or we don't. When it comes to the issue of abortion, either I believe abortion ends the life of an unborn child or it doesn't. When it comes to sharing the gospel, either I believe that, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose three days later or I don't. You know, I was reading an article earlier, and it said, well, I mean, I would never have an abortion, but, but who am I to question other people's health and, and put my beliefs on them? Is that what we've been commanded to do as Christians? What, what, if, what if I say, well, of course I believe that Jesus is my Savior, and he lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and rose three days later, but who am I to share that with anybody else? And so, as as we think through these things, understand what they're saying when they say now is not the time. Many of them, if they would have had their way, wish like everything the courts wouldn't have overturned Roe. You see, because if they can continue to kick the the if they can continue to kick the the ball down the field, then in the can down the road, then. They don't have to actually do anything. They don't have to govern. They don't have to have the hard conversations. And so, regardless of the political optics, regardless of the political timing, you know, it bugs me when they're like, hey, we're we're this close to midterms and Lindsey Graham is bringing up a bill that's going to put abortion back in the news. That's the last thing we need to do as Republicans going into the midterms. So do we believe in the principles of the the pro-life stance or not? Because, folks, in in 2022, we can't just scrub our websites when it's convenient. We can't just scrub our political takes when it's convenient. We can't put our pro-life hat on when it's convenient and put it on the shelf when it's not. And so here we are. We're in an interesting time where the conservative movement, there's a lot more people moving to the right. And and the conservative movement has now become kind of the big tent. So you have social conservatives, you have fiscal conservatives, and then you just have some people that are like, I just want some kind of common sense because it seems like the world's lost its mind. It seems like our country's lost its mind. And so although I may not agree with this particular candidate on X, Y and Z, they're going to let me live my life. And that's what I want to do. I want to live my life. And so because of that and because we're you have politicians sensing that some politicians are going, well, because I, I now have a bigger group that I need to please, I, I maybe need to water down my pro-life stance a little bit because they're not going to agree with me on that. You'll never water it down enough, folks. You 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 act as if, these politicians act as if, if they go, well, okay, I'll just be for a 25-week ban. No, you see, you can't water it down enough. If you want any kind of restriction on abortion, they're not going to line up with you, period. Doesn't matter what the restriction is, they're not going to line up with you. So so we have twisted ourselves into a pretzel to compromise and, well, this isn't the right time. Now is not the right time. We need to look at this and look at that. And guess what? They're not going to vote for you anyway. So so you know what I would appreciate if Blake Masters and some of these other folks would do? Just stay the line. Stay the course and be who you are. Stand firm and stand strong. At least then we'll go, well, at least they're authentic. And they're not becoming that which they can't stand. Stay bold. So when is the right time to do the right thing? Now. Period. That's what it is. We'll be back. Oh, that's an oldie but a goodie. Travis Trip. There's nothing like that. Look, as so we continue the conversation... Look, as I was saying, the, the, when is the right time to do the right thing? Now. That's when. That's when I'm raising my kids. That's how I'm raising my kids. I'm not looking at my kids and saying, hey, before you do the right thing, kind of look at the political winds, put your finger in there, see which way the wind's blowing, and then maybe, maybe step into it, maybe not. You know, let's just kind of be squishy in that. No, I look at my children and I say, the time to do the right thing is now. It's always the time to do the right thing, period. Even if the group doesn't go along. That's what leadership is. But but here's what's happening. So so this gets brought up in the news. And now some Republicans are like, hold on, let's not, we don't need to put the cart before the horse. The midterms are coming up. Let's not bring abortion back up. Abortion's losing an issue, blah, 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 blah. And then the Democrats are going, this is uh, this is a time to take advantage of. This is over at the AP. Democrats are pumping an unprecedented amount of money into advertising related to abortion rights, underscoring how central the message is to the party in the final weeks before the November midterm elections. With the most intense period of campaigning only just beginning, Democrats have already invested more than an estimated $124 million this year in television ads referencing abortion. That's more than twice as much money as the Democrats' next top issue – This year character (laughs) and almost 20 times more than Democrats spent on abortion related ads in the 2018 midterms. So they've already pumped one hundred and twenty four million dollars in ads about abortion rights. And it's funny that the second top issue. So the number one issue for them is abortions. That's what they're spending money on. The second issue that they're spending money on is character The irony is not lost on me that they want the right to end the life of a baby all the way up to nine months, and then they also want to talk about the importance of character. Also, how many women could you help with $124 million? How many daycares could you provide for $124 million? How much maternity leave could you provide for $124 million? Anybody? How much prenatal care? How many car seats could you provide for $124 million? But no, please, please, by all means, spend the money on these ads instead of actually helping the folks that are in need. The article continues, the estimated spending figures based on an associated press analysis of data provided by the non-part, nonpartisan research firm revealed the extent to which Democrats are betting their majorities in Congress in key governorships on one issue. That's even as large majority majorities of Americans think the country is heading in the wrong direction and the economy is in poor condition. The advertising numbers also reveal just how sharply Republicans have shied away from abortion in their paid advertising in the week since the Supreme Court overturned. Roe v. Wade, a decades-long goal of the GOP. Since the High Court's decision in June to eliminate the constitutional right to abortion, notice that language, roughly one in three television advertising dollars spent by Democrats and their allies have focused on abortion. Much of the spending is designed to attack Republicans on the ballot this fall who have long opposed abortion rights and are currently engaged in a state-by-state push to restrict abortion rights or outlaw the practice altogether. The Democrats' unprecedented investment in abortion messaging on TV this year through September 18th is larger than the Republicans' party combined national investment in ads relating to the economy, crime, and immigration. With less than 60 days until the election, we refuse to stand by while out of state, out of step, anti-choice Republicans try to control our bodies and our futures and simultaneously lie about it to voters said Melissa Williams, executive director of Women Vote. Now, it's funny she's saying that Republicans are lying to their voters while the abortion industry lies to everyone about the misconceptions of abortion. But, you know, it's okay to call someone else a liar, it's uh, even though you're lying as well. We she she went further. We are ensuring that each voter knows the candidates that they stand that stand with them and against them in protecting this right. The Democrats' overwhelming focus on abortion may not be surprising, given the reversal of Roe v. Wade and the wave of Republican-backed abortion bans in more than a dozen states that followed. But the strategy still marks a sharp departure from the party's focus in recent years on former President Trump and other issues like the economy, education, and health care. In 2018 midterm elections, for example, Democrats spent less than six million dollars on abortion-related television advertising, that compared to the 51 million that Democrats invested in Trump-related ads, 49 million healthcare, and 46 million on education. I could go on and on, but but here's the here's the reality: it's easier to spend money on ads. It's easier to attack political opponents. And and again, let me put my consulting hat on for just a second. So, so what, these, what the Democrats are doing at the moment are they're buying ads that are saying uh, they are for abortion. That is what they want. They, they want everyone to know they, they are for abortion, and the world is a worse place if we don't have abortion. It's almost as if it's the, the animal rights folks with spay and neuter. Spay and neuter saves lives. They would say abortion saves lives. It's nonsensical, but that's what they would say. If, if I'm buying ads as a Republican— I'm showing a mom holding her child in the delivery room. I'm showing a family looking on the ultrasound screen and seeing their baby for their first time. I'm showing a young lady find out she's pregnant with her boyfriend or husband holding her hand beside her. I'm highlighting the families that have been impacted by uh, State funds that have helped them get their kid into childcare. I'm highlighting businesses that are creating environments for families. I'm highlighting those that are providing maternity leave for those moms that allow them to be a mom and have their dreams. I'm highlighting people like Amy Coney Barrett who has six or seven children who are, who is sitting on the Supreme Court now. I'm highlighting the attorneys out there that have children, the single moms out there that have started their own small business. I'm highlighting these things and saying, America's always been a place where the right time to do the right thing was right now. And America has always been a place that has said you can make it here. And we don't need abortion. We don't need to end the lives of our children to continue that American dream. You see, that's the ads I'm buying. But instead we have folks going, we don't need to talk about Row being overturned, and you really need to calm down on your celebrating, and and we don't really want you to to show your excitement because that could that could upset others. Are you kidding me? You think during the women's suffrage movement, when when women were able to vote, that that they said now now ladies, look, you know, temper down that excitement, calm down. You know, there's some guys out here that never wanted you to vote, and so you really need to think about them. You don't need a victory lap. You don't need to celebrate. You need to think about them. Of course we didn't do that. You think when slavery ended, we were like, hey, look, I know you're free right now, but think about think about all those slave owners that didn't want this to happen, and I really need you to calm down your excitement, your freedom. Yes, you're free but but go in a in a in a quiet place and celebrate alone so no one sees you no we didn't do that cuz that's crazy you think in the civil rights movement when we ended segregation and and we said anyone can go sit anywhere on a bus and anyone can drink out of any water fountain and anyone can do this or that in in the freest country on the planet you, you did we say now now look folks y'all Y'all don't need to get too excited. There's people out here that didn't want that to happen, and and you're triggering them. And so I need you to tamper down your excitement. No, no. Celebrate. All of these things are tough issues. And, and, And Roe being overturned doesn't end abortion. And you're telling me I can't even celebrate that it kind of ended abortion in some places, but it didn't end it everywhere, and I can't even celebrate that. So what happens if we do end it everywhere? Am I allowed to celebrate then? Are we allowed to cut ads then that, that celebrate life? That look in a different direction? No. We'll talk more when we come back.
1: But as we continue the
0: conversation, look. The, the, the point I was trying to make in that last segment is: any other historical event we are to celebrate, we celebrated the end of slavery without saying, "Now, now, slave owners are upset, so we need to think about their feelings in this." But no, we celebrated because it was the right thing, and again, the right thing is the right thing. Period. And so so those that are saying tamper down your excitement when at the very least we got abortion to no longer be a right and it goes back to the states like that's a good thing that deserves celebrating. Tears of joy. But you see, we we have politicians that are like, I don't know, it makes me a little makes me feel a little weird because I may not I don't know what that's going to do for my votes and. And the other the, the abortion industry just keeps pushing misconceptions and confusion, and so everybody's confused. And so if we're not speaking into this issue and bringing clarity, guess what? The narrative of the day is confusion. So who's bringing clarity? Who's going to be willing to to, to, to cut the ads? Who's going to be willing to to stand in front of the cameras to, to say the things that need to be said to bring about clarity? Because the pro-abortion folks are doing it. Pro-abortion doctors, pro-abortion activists, pro-abortion politicians. Where's, the, where's our message? There's a piece over the New York Times that, that brings some light to this. Republicans have protected the art of keeping the heat, perfected the art of keeping the heat on Democrats on the searing social issues of the day. But this election year, it seems to be who, Republicans who are getting scorched. During a midterm cycle that seemed tailor-made for significant Republican gains, which I still think it will be, in the House and the Senate, Democrats have managed to grab the advantage on abortion rights and same-sex marriage, steering the conversation away from topics that are thornier for them, such as inflation and crime. They have had substantial help from Republican miscues, confounding Democrats who typically expect more craftiness from across the aisle. They can't seem to get out of their own way, says Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut, one of the Democratic incumbents on the ballot in November one reason for their struggles is that a large swath of the Republican base has fallen out of step with broader public opinion on these issues. Most Americans favor same-sex marriage rights and at least some abortion rights, but many Republicans voters continue to oppose same-sex marriage and want strict abortion limits if not an outright ban. The disconnect makes it navigating these topics treacherous for Republicans who are forced or who are faced with the choice of turning off their core supporters or alienating the independents who support they need to prevail in November. The trouble shows on Thursday, Democrats announced they would postpone until after the election a vote to protect same-sex marriages because its backers had failed to secure enough Republican support to overcome a GOP filibuster. It was an intriguing decision by Senator Schumer of New York, who is not usually inclined to pass up on an opportunity to inflict political pain on the opposition. But he acquiesced to a request from bipartisan backers of the legislation for more time in a less charged environment. What What that means is... There are Republicans in Washington that are just saying, I don't want to vote on this marriage bill because I'm with you. I agree with you. Marriage should be with anybody and everybody. That's what some of these Republicans are saying behind the closed doors. But if I vote for that before the midterm, my base is going to be upset. So just give me some time. Once the midterm's over, you got me. I'm all in. We'll, we'll just get rid of marriage as we've known it for thousands of years. That's what's happening, folks. And so, yeah, they pulled the bill, but they pulled the bill thinking and knowing they have the votes after the midterms. Here's the crazy thing. They pulled the bill even knowing there's a possibility Republicans could take over the Senate, and they still think this bill will pass and marriage will be redefined in federal law. What does that tell you? Huh? Well, I mean... Literally, you can go back not that long ago, Hillary Clinton in front of a camera saying, marriage is between one woman and one man. Barack Obama, I think back to 2012, said, marriage is defined as a man and a woman in a traditional sense. They said that because they believed it made sense politically to say that. Not because they had core convictions. Not because they believed it in their heart, not because of some gospel pretense or some biblical worldview, but instead because the votes. And fast forward to 2022, and not only is marriage being redefined, gender is being redefined. We we have major hospitals in our country that are posting videos about talking to your children about their gender and and some even saying that, that babies, as soon as they're out of the womb, know what gender they are. So, so if again, when is the right time to do the right thing? I, I, I'm I, I'm I, I'm asking. The article goes further. While it spared Republicans what was looking like a difficult moment, damage had already been done. The threatened filibuster made it clear that some Republicans weren't comfortable voting in favor of same-sex marriage before the midterm election, and others didn't want to go on record against it in an op- inopportune time. Either way. Republicans look shaky on an issue that most Americans consider to be long resolved. The Republican posture in the Senate was significant or sufficient to prompt hundreds of prominent Republicans, including Senate candidates in Pennsylvania, Colorado, to sign a letter calling for a passage of the same-sex marriage legislation to reaffirm that marriage for gay, lesbian couples is settled law. Now, one thing that's not being discussed in this is what's this mean for the church? Because if they codify this and they say that, that it's federal law, what's that mean when a church says we're not going to perform a same sex wedding? We're not going to hire someone that's in a same sex relationship? Well, what does that mean about religious liberty? Because if you think this is just about codifying some law that says anyone can marry anyone, it's not, folks. It's not. It's so much more than that. It's just like when they say, well, I just need you to compromise a little bit on abortion. No, you don't. You need me to, to go all in with you. You don't want me to compromise because we've proven that. We've, we've, we tried to pass laws that say abortion is, is banned except in rape, incest, or life of the mother, and you haven't supported it. We tried to pass laws that just simply set it a 20 week ban. And you haven't supported it. We try to pass laws, a 15-week ban, and you haven't supported it. Because the only, the only way you're supporting it, and when I say you're, I'm meaning the abortion industry, is if it allows for abortion no matter what, at any point in time, for any reason. And so this is why I get frustrated when I hear politicians go, midterms are coming up, and you know we got to get we got to do this, and we got to do that. We just had the, the the biggest political win from a pro-life standpoint ever. And we got folks going, "Oh, I don't know, I don't think I want to talk about it." So as you're trying to figure out how to frame that and as you're afraid to talk about it, the abortion industry just creates confusion. Oh, what about ectopic pregnancy? What about miscarriages? What about this? What about that? What about, uh oh, we don't know. And so the confusion has been done, and then there was no one speaking with clarity on the issue. And then, then when somebody tries to bring forth a, a piece of federal legislation, it's, oh, now's not the time to do that. Man. We are in an ever-ending, never-ending election cycle. So so by by using the mindset now not the time politically because of this election, then you'll never do anything because the election cycle never ends. If it's not these midterms, it's the presidential election. If it's not the presidential election, it's the governor's election. If it's not that, it's the state legislature. It's the, if it's not that, it's it, That's what we're doing. It's all in on those things. And so, man, oh man, do I wish that we would see some pro-life candidates step into this with boldness? No apology, no stumbling over your words or well, I don't know. I think that trigger law may need some clarification, and there's not a lot of clarity in it. And you know, there's people are confused, and we you know no, step into it. Be honest because some of these folks, here's what really, really irks me some of these folks voted for the trigger ban voted for the trigger bill and the language that was in it completely fine they campaigned on it they raised money on it they stumped on it they did all those things they got the local news to do interviews with them they went on talk radio shows and they said look how pro-life i am They spoke to panels. They said the trigger ban is what we need and when Roe is overturned, we're going to celebrate it. And then guess what? Roe's overturned. The trigger law goes into effect and those same folks. Well, I don't know. It needs clarity. You voted for it. Why does it need clarity today and it didn't four years ago? Please explain. What needs clarity today? Because... They never thought Roe would be overturned. And so now it is, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And they're also believing the lie. They believe that cable news is real life. They believe that Twitter is real life. They believe that, that everyone in our country loves abortion. That is not true. It's just not. It's not And are there some closeted abortion supporters that, that wouldn't tell you to your face, but, but probably are going to vote in the way that, that allows for abortion? Yes. But the only reason they're like that is because there's not been enough clarity in, in people articulating our message to them. Because when we have an opportunity and we have the platform, we run away because we're afraid of the next election. We'll talk more when we come back. So as we continue the conversation and finish up today, there's a couple things I want to point out. First off, hopefully today was productive and fruitful for you as we, as we look at the landscape across the country when it comes to abortion in life. You're going to see some political candidates that's, uh, shy away from talking about this issue. They'll scrub their website. They'll, they'll do all that they can. They'll talk about other things that matter. I mean, inflation matters and jobs and immigration and all those things matter. But they'll act as if abortion isn't important or well now's not the time to do that again when is if, if the folks in Mississippi would have been told hey now's not the time that law you're about to pass isn't going to go into effect it'll be caught up in the courts so don't pass it what if we'd have done that what if every state that, that passed the heartbeat bill would have listened when they were told this will never make it this will never work it'll only get caught up in the courts what if they would have listened and not done anything abortion would have still been predominant in our society but instead, they did something. Why? Because the right thing is the right thing. Period. So as we talk about some of the things that are, that are happening, I do want to invite you to an event at First Baptist PAL, uh, September 26th. That's a Monday night. You can join us at First Baptist PAL from 630 to 8 as we reflect on life and the conversation surrounding abortion in the post row era. This event will be led by the Knox County Association of Baptists in partnership with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, Hope Resource Center, and Choices Resource Center out of Oak Ridge. The event schedule will look like this. Uh, Starting us off is going to be Elizabeth Graham. She's with the ERLC, and she's going to talk about Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision. And then I'm going to follow her, and I'm going to talk about misconceptions surrounding abortion. So I'll talk through ectopic pregnancy and uh, miscarriages and those things that have created a confusion in our current society. Then we'll have a pastoral response to the cultural moment by Seth Hammond, Christ Covenant uh, Presbyterian Church. Uh, and then we're going to have a panel discussion moderated by Phil Young, who oversees the Knox County uh, Baptist Association, or he he works with them. And then I'll be on that, Elizabeth Seth and Sarah Fern of Choices Resource, resource Center. So again, that's First Baptist Pal, Monday, September 26th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be a night of of celebrating life, of of creating uh, some moments to clarify some things, to talk through where where we're at, where we think we're going to be going. It'll be a chance for you to ask questions. So if you want to come join us and you have a question from the audience, we're going to take questions on that panel. We'd love to uh, spend that time with you and answer those questions. Look, the important thing is we need to be talking about this. We need, to, we need to have panels. We need to have Q&As. We need to get through the muck that is our culture and actually have conversations that are going to advance the truth. Because we're living in a time where no one wants to hear what really is happening. You know, they're saying things like forced births, pregnant people, and then they're calling me extreme and crazy because I say... Pregnancy is beautiful and only women can get pregnant. Who would have thought 10 years ago that by saying pregnant woman, you, you would have been a bigot. But here we are, 2022. And so as we think through this and as we talk about this, these are going to be things that matter moving forward, regardless of what the political environment is, regardless of what election is coming up. We won't see a trajectory change until the hearts of the people are reached. That's why we're hosting this event at the church. That's why we're calling on, on God's people to, to step into this moment, to have conversations about this moment. That's why I'm going to be calling on politicians to step in and do the hard thing. Because that's what they signed up for. That's why they asked for our vote. That's why they raised all that money in, in, for the pro-life cause. Now go do that which you said you would do. I don't need you to wait for the right time to stand for the unborn. Now is the time. Not five years from now, not, hey, the 2024 election. No, I, now, now is the time. Well, the, the American public not on board. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case, but we don't do things based on political trends. It's either right or it's not. Period. So I've been asking this question a lot. When is the right time to do the right thing? Today. Right now. This moment. This minute. And tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day after that. And five years from now, and 10 years from now, and 50 years from now, that's when. Do the right thing. We'll talk to you next time.